Welcome back to the one, two, three show with me, Noreen Mayer. It's Tuesday afternoon. Sorry, got the giggles. Um, because Andrew Dambina is in the house, and I started the Facebook Live, which Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, and as a polite sort of heads up, he looks, he doesn't even look at the camera. Hello, so funny, so funny. Um, okay, but it's so great to see you, Andrew. It's been a really long time because you join us remotely on your island. I often do. I often do. Let's celebrate the what? the uh, the time. Let's let's pop this open. I hope it's not going to make a mess over the microphone. But whoa, was that champagne? Well, it, it's nearly champagne. It looks like piss. Bad piss. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, guys. Get on the Facebook Live. Noreen yeah, yeah, Mayer on yeah. RTHK Radio 3. You'll hear some voices. You'll, first of all, um, hear Andrew because he's our guest. Not at all. You'll hear, I'll turn the camera here. You'll hear me and Crystal is here. You, you're lucky you don't have boys because when they're in the car and for also too long and they have to John take a piss, then they have to like pee in a bottle. That's what it looks like. Exactly. W- what is this? Let's give us a bit well, of context. Despite, despite the fact that it's been talked up grandly by those in the studio <laughs> um, I, 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 I would like to say that for anyone who uh, who might be wondering what this is of a certain of a certain textural quality it's um it's com- kombucha yes I did guess that yeah. before is um, it the mother or is it the it's um it's a lovely cup of sparkling tea because they call it don't they call it the mother or the well there is a there is a, a, a mother part of it which um i mean i've i've taken the out scoby yeah the oh, scoby the scoby is the uh is the probiotic bacterial disc or elements which uh, which after brewing it at home this is basically a fermenting process oh you made which, this um, yeah sorry you made this that's right <laughs> noreen <laughs> that's right noreen and i'll pour sorry. you i'll pour you a little glass <laughs> of it sure yeah yeah oh you like it now yeah. crystal yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't say it, I didn't. Yeah. I just said it was bad for your teeth. Right, right. Now, what was that story about your boys again? Never mind. Have <laughs> <laughs> you never peed in a bottle before? Oh, that's so funny. Um, so uh, I didn't get to try the whiskey yeah, just yeah. now, but Sorry, I, I can't hear you, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, this is something which, using tea, sugar, and the SCOBY, which is a probiotic active bacteria um, uh, is something that can be fermented between five days and three weeks depending on the climate ah thank you john john demand he was pretending he was pretending he wasn't here but um (laughs) but but i'm gonna i'm gonna use these these little these these little cups as scoops and um noreen i'll just pass this past the facebook live there you go oh it definitely looks like a sample it's a sample of kombucha tea crystal what's in it so there's um there's black tea Sugar. So there's caffeine. Uh, yes, but in in, in small okay. quantities. Okay. That's um, and sugar is also important in keeping Ew, it active. Look at you got stuff in it. I know. I may have dropped some on the board. No, but you've got like something that looks like COVID. <laughs> that will like be slim, that will like, be that will be like a, par- a, a part that, that will be a part of the scoby oh lucky and me. um uh, yeah. yeah by the way the, the scoby which is something that looks a bit like squid. Um, can be used when you when you start making the stuff. And this is my first batch. Cheers, all. Cheers. Cheers. Like this is great it. for the gut. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy. Okay, John. Is it? Oh yeah, lovely. Cheers. Cheers to the gut. Oh, it's, it's lovely. Oh, that's not so bad, huh? 
It's delicious. Right. right. Well, it's, well it, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> it's really nice. It's basically, sweet. Basically, it's full, of, it's full of natural probiotics in the same way that kimchi, um, mm. which is the fermented cabbage, is uh, full of probiotics, a natural one. The reason that the reason that people yeah the reason that people drink this is for gut health. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, we need it. So it keeps things Thank it you. keeps things in the gut working as they should be, or keeps bacteria and germs away. Go it on, fights I'll against have another those. one. Yeah. Please. Is this going to Thank you. Well Thank you. Well, we'll all be the judge of that once you've had a couple of uh, a couple of little servings, John. Oh, I don't have the scoby this time. Ah. <laughs> oh, I do, I do. It okay. looks a bit like a phlegm. You get it too. Ew. Okay. Well, that, that's the that's the live bacteria. The more you get of that, the better. Oh. So you so lucky. Yeah, so lucky, lucky tonight. you. Anyway, this was this was uh, because it, because it's full of probiotics, which is good for the gut, gut health. Okay, let me know how you feel tomorrow, unless you're not feeling good. So, um, <laughs> so let's let's move on to the topics. That was just a little celebratory, not quite champagne moment for you. <laughs> but uh, the, who remembers the old Alka Seltzer advert, John? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That, you're that, on your own. That, that was the that was Awkward. the catchphrase. It's not it's not quite champagne. Sorry. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it a third. I'm not. I'm not going to say it a third time. Can you remind us that? What is it called again? Um, kombucha. No, that champagne. Oh, it was. So it was an advert for um, something for uh, indigestion. Uh, I'll quickly mention it. I know we're not meant to plug things, but Alka Seltzer oh. probably not even made anymore. Certainly yeah. not available in Hong Kong. And what's the tagline? Uh, and, Can you say um, it again? So, so, so you'd have um, you'd have somebody. Uh, it's looking like they've got a hangover, and then uh, dropping a couple of these tablets into a drink, you'd see it fizz up, and then a sommelier, a wine waiter, would appear from the aside and say, "Well, it's not quite champagne, but 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 it's that was that was their advertising it's campaign. Brilliant! Just a bit of nostalgia for anyone in Hong Kong who remembers that." And um, but moving on to what we're going to talk about really today, that was that was that was meant to be a little aside. Bring in some kombucha, you know, make a popping sound. Why not? I, I know. Sorry, and we were yeah. making fun of it. You know, actually, this is a health food. It, it is, is indeed. It's it huge is. in the states. They it's, sell it at Whole Foods there. It's yeah. huge yeah. in Hong Kong as oh, well. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, John, how come you've never tried it? That's pathetic. Sorry, vodka. Vodka. Vodka or so. He's got good. Well. Um, so, talking about restaurants and food news that we often that we often do. I mean, everyone probably knows in Hong Kong that we've moved up from uh, uh, restaurant and bar capacity for people to be able to um, go to eighty uh, percent for operators. Eighty percent now, up from fifty percent. So, I've heard from people who are running restaurants and bars that there is a bit of a buzz about this. Having said that, some people have been suffering for a really long time. And um, someone who we both know, Noreen, um, who runs uh, a bunch of yeah. restaurants uh, just over the weekend, uh, Rum and Ting's closed down. I'll say a big shout out to that because they were serving uh, Caribbean food and cocktails and rum, and that's just award winning too. Yeah, it did. It, yeah. it did. It did. It did very well in uh, in awards. So it's a shame to see that one go. But the uh, the group that runs it are. Uh, are hoping that if things bounce back, they didn't get a let up from the landlord. Imagine that. <laughs> and it's um, yeah, we've been hearing this. We've been hearing this around around Hong Kong a lot. Don't even get. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't even we get. Didn't you? Yeah, no. We did eventually, but what they did was sort of paltry. It was hardly worth it. Really? Yeah. 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 
I was saying to uh, someone else just before coming into the studio, anyone, has anyone here walked along Elgin Street in the last uh, few weeks? It's a sad sight. Half of the restaurants and bars, literally half on one side, are all shuttered permanently. <gasps> I went down there to meet someone uh, a few weeks ago and uh, they're shuttered because landlords would rather take nothing than, uh, than, than drop something to a negotiable rent. Which is absurd. That's so Hong Kong greedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to keep up traditions, huh? Yeah. I thought so, they were redeveloping to do something. That's why they shut them down. No, oh. no. It's, uh, it's businesses that uh, people I know who are in other restaurants, neighbours, have uh, just said those they they couldn't get the deal that would keep them alive because they were niche bars and restaurants. It was hard to keep going. Um, there's been um, news around the world, though, of, uh, of restaurants yo-yoing and bars uh, yo-yoing. In America, um, we've heard about states which have uh, been really suffering. In Texas, last week, restaurants had to uh, drop back from uh, having been allowed a 75% capacity of diners and drinkers to a 50% capacity. This is hurting the, uh, the, the industry there, really. Hong Kong, you know, um, while we uh, had bar closures for a while, we did have restaurants at 50% capacity the whole way through. Um, some other places were closed for ages and then they're suddenly open again and they're having their, uh, um, their capacity reduced, which is uh, a big challenge for them. Um, and also, some restaurant operators, it was reported in Eater magazine uh, a few days ago, have been uh, battling almost against the customer who wants to see things open. There's this very, there's this kind of uh, disassociation between the operators and the customers. It's amazing that the operators, a lot of them, are wanting to do things behind glass with masked servers. And some of the customers in various places, one place is Orange County in California. Um, uh, there, there was a, a Michelin-starred Mexican restaurant called Taco Maria, and its owner, chef, Carlos uh, Salgado, says that, um, that he is constantly in confrontation with people who are saying, come on, they're, they're almost walking into his restaurant saying, come on, there's a table here, can I just sit down and eat something? And, and some of those same customers are making jokes about... Uh, you know, taking the Watsit out of uh, out of chefs and waiting staff who are wearing masks and having to hide behind. They're not hiding. They're yeah. preparing things behind glass. So the sentiment in America is um, is a difficult one for the operators of uh, food and beverage outlets to ride in some places. Um, luckily, um, many uh, diners in the US uh, in, in, in other places um, do feel it for the restaurants and uh, so the opposite side of that coin was a place called Twisted Soul in the same article um, a few days ago in Atlanta where the owner um, says that her customers are um, are just almost you know doing virtual pats on the back for, for because and, and they're covering every dish that comes out of the kitchen has yeah. got a perspex dome around it and the customers are, uh, are really are loving it appreciating yeah. it. They're, they're almost applauding that <laughs> as it comes out so uh, so 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 there's there's this disparate uh, kind of uh, you know um, uh, relationship in different places between uh, between the way things should be done next over to Europe Good news, the world's, the world's oldest restaurant opens its doors again last week. Uh, for, the first, for the first time, it had to close in its 295-year-old history. Wow. Um, 
So it's in it's uh, it, it's the in Madrid. Seventh generation or something. Well, pr- it probably is. It was it was opened in Madrid in 1725, and one of its uh, customers, diners in its early days, was the Spanish painter Goya, who was. Uh, uh, a, a, a regular, and then years later, Ernest Hemingway liked it. And it's um, it's the funny thing is, even though they closed it for the first time in nearly three hundred years, they kept it, their wood-fired oven burning uh, because uh, it's never been out in the whole time. And they saw it almost as a kind of a superstition yeah. that if they let it go out, that, that, that uh, something would yeah, happen. Something yeah. bad. Would it was happen. like it was passed down from generation to generation. You know, sort of never let that 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 flame go out. And it was traditional Spanish food then. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, just um, it didn't. Yeah, it still it still is. Yeah, suckling pig was one of its specialties, cooked on the uh, wood-fired oven. Yeah. Was, uh, oh yeah, that's a really lovely Spanish dish. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's enjoyed a lot in Barcelona as well in Catalonia, even though this happened to be Madrid. I finally went to the one that you recommended, the one in Lychee Cock, exit oh. D. Oh, yeah. isn't that a great restaurant? It's a great restaurant. Maybe we, you know, we we, we can't really advertise, but it's in Lychee Cock. Just our listeners can Google it. Lychee Cock Exit D. Yeah. Um, and it's a special. No names. Exit D. Lychee Cock. <laughs> Um, uh, Catalonian <laughs> chef, but it's it's so delicious. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, we went there as a treat. It's good. It's good, isn't it? Really good food. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, good. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, UK over to the UK. Uh, some of us may have heard the uh, the news. Especially, uh, we've got the uh, the drinker uh, Crystal Quack in the room. Um, <laughs> um, pubs pubs have reopened, Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so people have been waiting a long a long time for that over there. Uh, but but pictures, I don't know, nor if you saw them. We've seen on social media, and and what was the quote? Drunk people just don't social distance. Yeah, people went berserk as they opened. It was like they'd been years without uh, without an alcoholic drink it's not like people couldn't have been drinking at home or I anything know. but so, uh, crazy. so that was a weird thing but the uh, the real challenge before that was announced people didn't know landlords people who own pubs didn't know when this was going to happen and um uh two weeks before that the only pubs that were allowed to open were pubs that serve food and this proved another challenging thing a bit like those customers in the u.s that i was describing before you get people who, who are coming in really just to have a drink yeah. and sit in the pub and you'd get the and order a the, bowl of chips well you'd get you'd, you'd have to have these awkward interactions between managers and serving staff about trying to get them to order something to eat because that was the law for two weeks so so the owners of uh, pubs and bars are obviously quite happy that this isn't going on anymore that's the story over there and in australia it's much more complicated because every state has different laws that's, That's incredible. Right. There's no national law about um, number of people in restaurants or bars. Uh, distance between them varies in different states. Exactly. They, yeah, exactly. Because my family, um, our family lives in New South Wales, mm. for example. So they were free to travel interstate. Yeah. Um, in between, <laughs> in between, um, say Armadale to Coffs Harbour. Yeah. But then traveling outside of it would be a different story. Well, it's um, New, New South Wales. Um, seems to be uh, a place that's taking it pretty seriously and quite... uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you know, we can hear you. (laughs) Yeah, what was was that? Do do not adjust your your app that you're listening on. Um, There's there's no limits to how many people can be inside a cafe, restaurant or pub in New South Wales. However, um, there has to be four square metres of space around each person. 
to me, that sounds a lot. Yeah. Four square meters. Australia's a big country. Yeah, yeah but, but we're talking about like maybe the <laughs> indoor dining room or or um, you know bar Some area. Big restaurants there, I think. Wow. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Okay, thanks for the perspective. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, and then um, in Victoria, um, it's uh, there's been a sudden outbreak. You may have heard in Victoria. Just in the last couple of weeks, there's been uh, more cases of COVID reappearing. Right. So they've had to backtrack. In Melbourne, there. yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, um, they've had to change that four square metre rule, which to me sounds like acres of space that they've got in New South Wales. That was used in a lot of states in Australia. They've had to restrict it to uh, being people being one and a half metres apart. Which, uh, which is what it was here for a long time. Mm. To be honest, I think the uh, the four metres is uh, is is uh, a lot more generous than we ever had here, and somehow we managed to get through it. It's because we wear masks yeah, in Australia. As, as, as I said yeah. that, I was thinking, well, there's so many other reasons. People are so careful here and using hand sanitizer and yeah. everything all the time. So. I'm not going to go. But I'm not going to go through every every state that uh, that's there. But I just had a look before uh, you know coming in, and there's uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, of of different regulations. So anybody who um, is I guess people can't travel to Australia at the moment. No. Keep keep watching though, because these are posted um, by the Australian government. Uh, if you're heading to a particular state, do be careful because there are massive differences on how many people are allowed to attend uh, different venues and how much uh, uh, space there is between them and so on. So, um, and uh, good news in Hong Kong, um, some of the uh, some of the public tasting events for wine have started again. A few weeks ago, there were some of the first trade tastings around for, uh, for wine that I was aware of. Um, but, um, but very recently, uh, wine tasting events for the public, ticketable offences... Offences? <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? T ticketable events, events. Um, are uh, back in action. And there is one coming up soon... Which, uh, where you can taste wine from the Napa Valley on July the 17th in the company of a master of wine, Deborah Meberg, who happens to be a Californian native uh, that, uh, that knows that's one of her specialty areas. Um, there's, uh, there's a, the, the, these wines, by the way, I've, we've talked about Napa wine before, and um, these wines are quite uh, highly priced compared to wines from other regions in the world. But Even more expensive than Bordeaux? Um, that's a good question. Uh, some of the entry level, that means the what, what are the most affordable wines from Napa are more expensive oh, than Bordeaux. Wow. Because you can get, you can get, a, a bottle of wine for a hundred bucks yeah. that's from Bordeaux. in Hong Kong yeah. money that's that's from Bordeaux you can't get a bottle of Napa wine that, that, that costs that um, because the uh, the output is very low um, so the uh, and a lot of it is hand tended in the uh, uh, in the winemaking process and in uh, the picking of the grapes at harvest time there's not a lot of mechanization. Uh, it's labour-intensive um, and small production. So they, if they're not, if they don't have production on a massive scale, that can sometimes bring a bring bring the price down. I mean, some of the places I think with the cheapest wine in the world, on the most the best value um, wine in the world, might be Spain, Chile, um, uh, Australian wine. Uh, Australia yeah. can be as well. Um, but 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 their their quantity that they're producing um, mm. is at such a level with machines uh, 
just taking the grapes off. And, the, and sometimes in some of these wines also, stems and different parts of the, the vine are, 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 going, are going in. Not, not, the whole, not the whole plant, John, in the way I can see it. <laughs> but, 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 but bits of stem. Um, things, are not, things are not done in, uh, in a way, in a, in a very kind of small-scale way that, that needs a lot, a lot of payment. Or put the, it in a box. Yeah. Put the wine in the box. The wine in the box. Yeah. Sorry, what's the question? No, no. Or you know, you, you, it can be it can be cheaper if you if you uh, if the packaging is safe. Okay. Well, look. Let's yeah. be. Let's also be frank here. Um, Napa and Bordeaux that you mentioned are two areas that want to be seen yeah. to be producing prestige wines. That's true. And so there is an element um, uh, of uh, of also keeping things uh, done to a small scale. Some of the producers, interestingly, talking about this subject, some of the producers of champagne will never tell you, um, I'm not going to mention the names of the big houses, but some of them notoriously will not tell you how many bottles or cases they produce, um, but they do charge a lot for for the average non-vintage mm. champagne. And um, and it's it's sometimes about, about marketing. That's it. Thank you very much. David on the Facebook page says, wine in a box here in Australia is called a goon bag. That's it. Yes. Right. That's right. David. Thank okay. you very much. And David also mentions that uh, here we're going to a six weeks lockdown in Victoria from midnight on Tuesday. Really? Sorry wow. to hear that. So you're going to need some goon bags. Get some goon bags in, David. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that your Australian accent? It was very good. Yeah. It was, it was a mild, a mild attempt. <laughs> yes, yeah. very good. Yeah. So we've got two minutes left, Andrew. Okay. Well, um, so... Anyway, just to, to, to mention, this is one of very few events that are back on, and um, it's July the 17th, uh, two hours of tasting across the range. Napa Valley is quite a small um, region for making wine, but within it there are around 30 regions of wines. The terrain from valley floor to, uh, to hillside facing different directions and getting different amounts of sun and the, the types of, uh, of soil, the microclimates are amazing for that. In a way, um, it's, it reminds me, although the, the result is not nearly the same, it reminds me uh, a bit of Burgundy where the, the, uh, um, where the microclimates are so hugely different that with the same grape um, you can get a very, very different flavour, particularly in a, uh, in, a, in a Chardonnay or a wine that's not, if it's not wooded, where you can actually taste the different minerality that's in there. And that's really obvious if you do a side-by-side -side tasting of some uh, Napa Valley Chardonnays, which you can do um, at that event. I'll quick, quickly say it's uh, mwminternational.com to have a tasting with a wine master of Napa Valley wine. Thank you very much indeed for your time today, Andrew Dembina, John Rhodes and Crystal Kwok on this Tuesday afternoon.